Hello, my beautiful people. Hello, hello, hello. As always, today is a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. So for episode three, I'm so happy to have you back. I'm so happy to be sharing my journey with you. And I'm just ecstatic that you're here. All my returning visitors, I love you. Thank you so much for following me and riding with me on this journey. So I do have this serious question, but in a very funny, delightful way, I guess. Have you ever Googled like something that you had going on, you know, a symptom? And it comes back as a diagnosis of some serious condition and tells you you need to consult with your physician as soon as possible because it could lead to possible death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know. <laughs> now, I know I cannot be the only one. So if you're laughing like I am, then I know you've done it too. But with all the funny business aside, I kind of wish I had Google growing up, you know, to really tell me why some of the things happen. Like I get super nervous, restless, intense for like before a big meeting or if I'm about to have a job interview or even sometimes just speaking with somebody that I don't know. And we won't even talk about it something doesn't go as planned. Oh my, the panic that comes over me like it's doom day or this impeding doomness is going to happen because that subject didn't go as expected. You see, I suffer from anxiety. I have for years, but growing up, I didn't know what it was and even if I did tell my physician, they couldn't tell me exactly what it was. So like mental health wasn't a big thing, not when I was growing up anyway. And just to be honest and, and give our parents grace, it probably wasn't a big thing when they were growing up either. I would say mental health started gaining traction in the late 90s, maybe the 90s in general. Of course, of course, it's been discovered well before then, but in my mind, I don't really remembering it until maybe the 90s. Upon some research, I did find out in the 90s, Congress declared the decade of the brain. This is a period of national recognition of brain research and public education. This is when Mental Illness Awareness Week was declared. It's a week in October. Now we have an entire mental health month. So that tells you the span of what has happened. This is also about the time when many famous, well-known people started to tell their stories very openly about how they deal with mental health. And unfortunately, this is when the traction really started picking up on big pharma stepping in to say, hey, we've got a medication to help with that fight. 
We've got a medication to help aid in that. You know, just normal people wanting to help break the stigma of mental health being a bad thing. The DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Yeah, big long sentence, so we're just going to call it the DSM. That was created in 1952, and it listed 26 general disorders. 26. We could deal with that, right? Well, in the last update, which was in 2017, guess how many were listed? I'm going to give you a couple guesses. It's mind-blowing, really. Over... 400. To think that we're 16 times crazier than 1952, again, like I said, mind blown. And I'm sorry, maybe that wasn't a politically correct statement to call us crazy. But to be honest, when you say mental health, that's the first thing people go towards. My question is, are we really that bad? Like, have we just, just really flat out got 16 times worse? The short answer is no. Honestly, mental health is a real thing. And the more scientific research we uncover, the more knowledge we gain. For instance, one in five people suffer from mental health issues. That's 19% of the world's population. This isn't just a problem. This is a full-on epidemic. Okay, okay, okay. Now that I've got all the smarty statistics out of the way, and you're probably questioning why I'm even talking about this, is because, as I told you, I have anxiety. And I didn't even know. I didn't know it existed or was a thing until my oldest daughter started to have really bad anxiety attacks. And you know, I've told you many times, I'm not hovering mom, so I have to research it and I have to do my own due diligence. And when finding out what she had, I literally said to myself, damn, I've had this all my life. Is there any way that I could pass it on to her? Yes, some are genetic, some is learned behavior, and even some don't exist. They're fictitious. Nonetheless, there was nothing I could do to really calm her during her panic anxiety attacks. I literally had to sit and watch, and it killed me inside to see her suffer. I also believe my brother suffered from mental health issues. I mean, some obvious, some not so obvious, which ultimately made him feel isolated and alone in this world, no matter how many people showed support and no matter how much love we gave. This is the reason I want to touch on this subject. Mental health does indeed matter. This is your reminder 
from me that mental illness is common and should be talked about more openly. 43 million Americans suffer from mental health. So remember, you're not alone. There's nothing to be ashamed of. And the best part, it's treatable. From last year to now, I just wondered what I could do to help more and more people. And what I'm finding is that I'm really passionate about breaking the stigma of mental health. I do plan on working tirelessly until we can reach the people to let them know, don't be afraid to ask for help. This is treatable. And especially in our minority community, for whatever reason, we feel like we have to carry the world or the weight of the world on our shoulders to be seen. That is a lock. And we need to really, really focus on our mental health. You may ask, as many of us do at some point, what is mental health? And why am I touching on it in such a broad array? Generally, mental health is our emotional, social, and psychological well-being. It's the way we feel, act, and think. We now have studies showing that we are emotionally, socially, and psychologically exhausted. The way we think, feel, and act. It touches on every aspect of our lives. Think about it. Relationships with our family and friends, our productivity at work and school. And we're not even gonna mention the feeling of situations in everyday life called, you know, Bills, our mental well-being is important to maintain all of these things. Our mental well-being, well, how do I put it? The well-being of our mental state decreases when we take on conditions like anxiety, depression, bipolar, substance abuse, and many, many more. Remember I told you like 400 more? <laughs> yes, we can say anxiety isn't nearly as bad as schizophrenia, but any level can have a negative impact on our everyday lives. I want you to imagine a child, a child that suffers or has anxiety or even depression. That child sometimes is singled out as being non-social or sometimes combative. But what we should be looking at is his or her mental health and talking to them about it, acknowledging them on it, and maybe showing them how to cope. Showing them that there are professionals out there that can help. Those professionals can help treat 
those professionals can eventually get them to cope and heal their brain. Now, old school thinkers say, oh, they'll get better. But if we don't know what to get better from, how are they going to get better? Now, adults like myself who suffer from anxiety may establish coping abilities to assist with this disorder. And that in turn can develop chronic health issues or maybe even substance abuse. We won't even talk about how many suicides have happened with mental health. And, well, COVID really threw mental health to the forefront of everyone's mind. The pandemic alone brought worry, fear, and insecurities. And then that's coupled with our already sense of exhaustion. I personally feel no one was left unaltered. The pandemic itself explained why mental health is important and why we should be attuned to our mental health needs and make it a priority. Now, as stated, I'm a supporter of the mental health movement, and there are several things that can show support without monetary donations, one being the color green. Green is the color chosen for mental health. You can wear green to support the mental health movement. Strike up a conversation. I mean, that's another way you can really, really support the mental health movement. Strike a conversation with friends, family, hell, anyone for that matter, and make it a positive thing to talk about. Breaking the stigma is important, and understanding how you can help your friends and family is equally important. Another way that allows us to show support is learning more about mental health. Maybe learning from a reputable source, the internet's a wonderful tool, or talking to a mental health professional. Knowing where to send your family and friends, referring them to these people. And I will have to say, tell your story if you suffer. Can you see the shift in understanding when someone you love tells you what they're dealing with? It's one of the hardest things to do, but the easiest as well. Telling someone how you're impacted by mental health so they can relate to you, so they can feel safe with you, so that they know that they're not alone. For this reason, I am going to share my brother's story depicted from my eyes. Because sadly, he isn't here to tell it for himself. My brother is eight years younger than me, but older than my other two brothers by two and seven years, respectfully. He is my parents' first son. And I must say he was the most beautiful baby I'd ever seen in my life. To this day, there's only one other baby I have seen that was gorgeous 
coming out of the womb. And that's my grandson. That in itself should be able to describe his soul. Because this boy grew into one of the most thoughtful men. And watching him grow into that man was one of my life's greatest joys. My brother was not perfect, but his heart, his heart was huge. He made everyone feel loved. He made everyone feel special in their very own unique ways. He is the only man I have ever seen do this repeatedly. He loved all sports, but baseball, you know, being his thing. And through those avenues and over the course of years, my brother made so many friends. Friends I had no idea about. Friends that adored him. Friends that the day we laid him to rest said, because of your brother, I chose to live. My brother saved lives. We won't even touch on his style because my brother was always fresh. Like literally fresh. Head to toe. You couldn't tell that man nothing. He was always on the cutting edge of style as well. I do have to say that. Sometimes I look at him like, what are you wearing? But at the same time, it's always dope. <laughs> That's my brother for sure. Uh, he has two beautiful daughters that he thinks the world of. My brother suffered from mental illness. I'm not sure of everything he had going on, but public knowledge, he did have a substance abuse problem. Public knowledge, he was actively trying to recover from that problem. This golden life of a man, this man that helped everyone else, this man that exuded love, suffered for mental health conditions. He did try. He tried support groups. He tried friends. He tried family. And maybe even confided in some not-so-great support. But you can't tell me he didn't try. He tried. He tried to get someone somewhere to understand him. To not only understand him, but to help if they could, if he was open to it. But in those times, maybe those vulnerable times that he would talk, the very next minute he would be like, never mind, and just resort back to what he knew and how he knew how to cope. This battle is not easy, and this battle ended in suicide. My brother chose in a split second that he just couldn't do it anymore. No amount of love at that second could stop him from his decision. And that decision changed 
many paths forever. I will always remember three dates. Yes, I know a lot of dates and a lot of things will be engraved in my mind forever. But these three dates will always be with me. August 1st was the day that this beautiful baby boy was born. March 20th was the call that changed my life forever. And March 21st is the day my brother's death certificate reads. It took many months to remember that day without crying. Even more months of healing that I'm still not done doing. Even more months asking what I could have done different. And many, many, many more days of questions. Instead of walking to a gravesite, I've poured myself into writing, journaling, talking, and speaking about mental awareness. I want to honor my brother with the same love he gave everyone else. And I want you to understand that through this pain, I was able to heal. I was able to heal so much of what had been broken many years prior. Through this pain, I learned meditation and seeking within to find answers. Through this pain, I have found love. There is nothing that could have been done prior to my brother leaving this dimension that would have jolted me into understanding love. Understanding love is what can heal so many things. Genuinely being there, being the best person and trying every day to be kind, to love. You have no idea what people are going through and the saying is right. Your smile could really brighten someone's day. So just be kind. Just love some more. And I do have to end with a couple of things. If you are someone or if you know someone that is suffering from mental health illness, please reach out. If you don't have any resources that you're not comfortable with, a number to call is 877-HOPE-123. If you don't feel comfortable enough to do that, I'm always here to listen and do what I can. Because let me tell you, literally, if I could scream it in your face, shake it while I'm telling you, understand, you matter. My producer, Melissa, has a Facebook community called Mental Health Matters. And we have an array of people in this family that can listen. 
that can provide information that can and will be there for you. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, I need you to understand we will miss you tremendously. A couple things that I've learned when my brother passed away was the semicolon project. It says, please pause. Don't stop. For instance, a semicolon in a sentence. My favorite is rest, but don't quit. And please speak to someone because I never want another family to feel the pain of suicide taking a loved one. This pain is one that I cannot describe. I can sum it up with a couple sentences, like, and it, it may sound cliche, but it truly is how I feel. Grief is love with nowhere to go. And tears are words the heart can't say. This year in 2022, due to the rise of suicides and how they understand how quickly you need help, the suicide hotline number has changed. It's now just three numbers like 911. The new number for suicide prevention is 988. Again, the new number for the suicide prevention hotline is 988. They're open 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year. If this podcast touches your heart to keep going, I have achieved the legacy that I plan on living for my brother. If it's just one, I know I have achieved my goal. I love that man. I love Jimmy Ray Lee the second. He has made an impact on my life that I will never, ever forget. And this podcast and this episode honors him. I love you, Jay. I hope, I hope you're proud of what I'm doing. And I hope you bless this work of art. As for you, my audience, my beautiful, beautiful people, I want you to always know I'm here to build you. God bless. I love you. And until next time. If you like what we're doing over here on Loving Through a Broken Heart, please remember to subscribe please remember to comment and please share this with anybody that you might find it to benefit. After the recording, I am going to show you 
my brother, and the many facets of this wonderful man in a video. Please stay tuned, and thank you again for listening.